Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Inspired by the Word Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Right now, we're going to be praying 1 Timothy 2. From verse 1 says, I sought therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Right now, we're also going to be praying for ministers of the gospel. We're going to be praying for them, interceding for those who might have fallen prey with the recent scandemic on or whatever side, and still pray for others that their faith is strong in the Lord. You know, when um, Elijah was complaining and saying that, oh, all the prophets are dead, I'm the only one. And the Lord told him, says, I have 7,000 more that have never bowed their knees to bow. So we're gonna be praying that anyone that must have gone through or been affected by the deceits in the world, that that one is coming out of it and the others are strong and they are focused on the calling, their ministry, the purpose for which Christ called them ministers of the gospel, which is to, you know, bring the body of Christ to the unity of the truth of, of his word. So right now, let's begin to pray. Can you unmute yourself? Lesson to see for ministers of the gospel. Lakushaki Kabila Ich 
Satan, 
Oh Lord, bless your holy name. Likata jikite vilokro koko soto. Likaba sonda kararaba shata kabaya. Zeki kobo dushakata yala banda kabaya. We thank you for ministers of the gospel all around the world. We pray, O oh God, that your faith, O oh God, be strong, hallelujah, and stronger, hallelujah, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that your faith is not affected, O oh God, by the things that are going on in the world, hallelujah, the cunning craftiness, the deceitfulness of men, the lusts, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, for this one, O oh God, that their faith is strong, O oh God. They stand on the word of God and they take their work more seriously than ever in perfecting the body of Christ. Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we declare and decree, O oh God, that these words of oh God, they are not caught by the cunning slightness of men, O oh God, or old wives' feebles, O oh God. No, these words of oh God, their eyes are stayed on the Lord, morning, noon, and night, hallelujah. They are a fire and a glow for Jesus. And if there's any one, O oh God, who their hearts be fed, Feeling them for fear, oh God. We cast out that fear, oh God. We put the fear at bay, oh God. And this was, oh God, their eyes is turned upon the word, turned to the word of God, and stayed on the word, hallelujah, that they become bolder and bolder, more confident, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the ones of God who require to return back to their first love, Jesus, to remember why they even started the journey in the first place, to remember what God told them, oh God. Yes, they begin to remember that your hearts are turned, O oh God, like a son of Kabaya, to the one who called them, O oh God, and your hearts are stayed on him, O oh God. There's a new fire kindled in the hearts of ministers of the gospel all around the world. All the truth of the gospel, like Karabaya, that they do not focus on the minor, but they focus on the major, like Satakabaya, their personal relationship with God, their personal relationship with Jesus, and the beauty of the body of Christ, the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Yes, hallelujah. They return back to their first love. Every category of God of ministers of the gospel. From the little one to the ones that are ministers of congregations, of large congregations, thousands and tens of thousands and millions of God. This was a strong in faith. They are standing firm on the solid rock. These ones do not look to men for solution. They do not look to men for comfort. They do not look to men of God for help, but their eyes is gazed on you, their eyes is fixed on you, their only solid rock their eyes do not turn to any other thing yes hallelujah this one oh God they see to it that the righteous cause of the gospel is progressing and prospering. And if there be any one of them who is suffering in their bodies from any illness or sickness, we pray for that one that they are coming out of it by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We see a transformation of God in the lives of ministers of the gospel all around the world. We see them getting bolder and bolder, more confident of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, standing up for the truth of God's word that they have known all, all their lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus, new fire, new love, new fragrance. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. 
For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time, you are welcome to the inspired by the world global times of devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Amarak, for the opportunity to lead the saints of God in the prayer of intercession. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going into the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, esteemed Amarak. Do have a lovely day, everyone, winning souls, and being confident of this very thing. Hallelujah. Over to you, esteemed Amarak. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Deborah. Thank you for leading us in times of intercession for the nations and for the peoples of the earth. We know that we're changing things all around the world and more than ever before, many people are coming to the knowledge and to the salvation that is available in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Um, do we have, um, Brother Israel, are you online? Um, or Sister Cornell, any of, any of them online? There's a song I want us to take. You called me by name. You gave me your word. And it's burning inside of my heart. I'm ready to go with faith in my heart. Wherever you lead, you called me by name. You called me by name. You gave me and it's burning inside of my heart. I'm ready to go. I shout your faith, Jesus. I'm totally committed to you. Hallelujah. We're totally committed to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, um, so much has been going through my spirit, especially since the ICLC. For those who are in Christ, you know what I'm talking about. And there are a lot of Christians who seem to have a lot of ups and downs. You're up today, you're down tomorrow. You're prospering today and things are terrible tomorrow. And you know, um, stability in your life 
will only come from your consistency with the word. Stability in your life would come from your consistency in your world, in your in the word. You can you can you can you can actually test it. You can tell yourself the next one month I'm going to be consistent in my walk with the word, my times of fellowship, my study of the Bible, my listening to the message, the things that you require to build your human spirit. If you try to do it consistently for a whole month, I'm not talking about inspired by the word devotion. Yeah, this is a part of it, but this is not all that you require as a Christian and as a child of God to go. There's a place of your quiet times. There's a place where you are meditating on the word and you're talking. There's a place of intercession for the things that matter to you. The 15 minutes that we spend here most times praying, they are, we're praying for specific things and it's for the nations, for the salvation of all men and for our leaders all around the world. But there are many things that you want to intercede about. There's where you can even personalize that prayer of salvation for those that are closest to you, where you can call them by their names. And there's the walk of faith every day where the spirit of God guides you. And you follow even when you don't understand. Stability in your life will come from your consistency with the word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today is... Um, Friday, 25th of June. And if you follow me at the on the screen, you would see the devotional for today. It says, be in the center of God's will. Our open is taken from Ephesians 2 and verse 10 in the Amplified Classic Translation. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking parts which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged, made ready for us to live. Hallelujah. Something I always wanted with God was to be in the center of his will for my life. This is pastor talking. I didn't want anything to push me out of it. I knew that being in the center of his will is the perfect place of safety. Nowhere else would satisfy. When I found out he already had my life planned out. I chose to run with that plan and no longer have to make my own plan. You know, I could preach for a whole day on just that first paragraph. With some form of afterthought in God's plan. No, our lives were carefully orchestrated. The works God commanded us to do were planned beforehand. The question isn't whether the plan has been made. The question is whether you would agree, you will agree in your life to live according to his plan. Our theme verses were, were to take paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Your path of life was prepared ahead of time. He planned for you, not just to live, but to live the good life. He planned for you, not just to live, but, the, but to live the good life. If you aren't living a good life, it means you aren't on the path that God prearranged for you. And I'm using the word of God to correct you even now. Hmm. If you aren't living a good life, it means you aren't on the path that God prearranged for you. And I'm using the word of God to correct you even now. You know, um, there's the world's definition of success and there is God's definition of success. And with God, as much as, um, you know, 
um, having the best things of life, you know, I, I mean, material things uh, are part of the life that we've been called to live, enjoying all of that. Um, you know, there are people who want to measure their success in life by the quantity of the material things that they have. But we must all remember that there are many people in this world who have so many finance, so many financial and material things, but God doesn't even know them. God doesn't know them. So success in life is not measured that way when it comes to God. Those are effects of our, of our sonship and, of our, and you know, our inheritance by virtue of being heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I was listening to the message, Christ's purpose in you. It was part two. And pastor said something. Is that true success is impacting the world? No, no, no. He said true success is the revelation and expression of Jesus to your world through you. And for those of you who are at the ICLC, if you remember one of the sessions, <clears throat> he said we we're talking about purpose. And he said that if a um, pastor said, if your purpose is not focused on people, you and you know, he said, if your how did you put it? If your if your if your focus is not on people, you are not working in the purpose of God for your life. You know, because um, in the age where there's a lot of social media influencing, so much is happening and in the blink of an eye, you see it on social media, where a lie is generated and propagated so much on social media, many people are standing for the cause and it's easy to believe because all the pointers seem to assume that it is true. It takes the spirit of God inside of you to let you know what is true and what is not true. What is of God and what of the devil? It takes inner man. Social media would not tell us. The mainstream media would not tell us. When everything appears true, but it's a lie, how do you know? And when everything appears false, but it is truth, how do you know? Because the systems and the structures of this world were not designed for you. We're not designed to make your life a success. We're not designed to make you, to give you a good life. Every structure that the devil sets up, his, 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 his targets is for the disadvantage of the church and the children of God. You must understand that the devil is not going to set a structure for your prosperity. So no matter how good it looks, Oh, yesterday when we were reading the Old Testament, I don't know how many of you saw it. Uh, it, it, it was so strong, it stood out. And it was talking about the good that the hiddings do and how it didn't count with God. He said they are good. But John, you remember that particular verse? In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, God had saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Purpose and grace were given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Purpose and grace were given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. The plan was already there and now it's made manifest. Second Timothy 1 and verse 10. Question, would you embrace it? You know, um, in, in many leadership classes that I've had to hold, one of the questions that are always consistent in most of those classes, people ask me, how do I know my purpose in life? How do I know my purpose in life? He said, purpose and grace were given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And I often would answer, I say purpose first is found in Christ. Purpose is found in Jesus. And if your purpose is not centered around people, then you are not in the purpose of God for your life. Why? The Bible says God so loved that he gave. Who did he love? He loved the world of people. Who did he give? He gave his very best gift, his son himself. Jesus was giving in exchange for people. There is no life that cannot be, that is lived outside of purpose. 
that is not that that there's no life that is not that if it is not lived in for people for in exchange uh, you know who are not given in exchange what i'm trying to say is that your life must be centered around people the bible says the servant is not greater than his master jesus came he lived for people he died for people he resurrected for people he ascended for people he was glorified for people your purpose cannot be outside of people and this is why we have a global mandate to reach the world evangelism for us global evangelism is not peaceful we walk and then when money comes in, the first thing we're thinking is our partnership. It's not because somebody brainwashed us. It's because of purpose. It's because of purpose. It has to be about people. If Jesus came and all he did, he lived for and died for was these people, we have to ensure that these people find out about Jesus. We put in our money, we put in our effort. In the cell system, somebody comes in you. We're giving everything to build that person. We take every 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 character with everyone just to, you know, um, um, um Paul said, um, I I I I I'm many things to many to to many men just so that Christ be one in them. This is your time for a realignment. He wants you to have a full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will, his purpose for your life, and to fulfill it. Nothing could be more important. I remember very well that I've mailed out the messages on purpose, but I'm going to mail it out again this morning. And if you want to go over those messages again, go over them and make the realignments that you need to make. If you know that you're not working in the line of purpose, because you can't be chasing money, chasing all the material things of this life and live outside of purpose. Every day that you wake up, every day that you live, is there somebody that can categorically say that their life is better off because of you in it? Who, who, who had that testimony yesterday? Who had that testimony of you two days ago and who would have it today? Purpose is centered around people if it is in line with God's will. Thank you so much for your time. I'm gonna hand over to Sister Joy at this moment for the further study on the Rhapsody Confession. Thank you very much, God bless you. Thank you so much, Ma, for today's ministration. Thank you, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you're connecting from. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to be taking the further study. We're reading from Colossians 1, 9. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Praise God. Also reading from 2 Timothy 1, 6 to 10, 8 to 10. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Who had saved us and called us with an holy name, with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and had brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Praise the Lord. Right now, we're going to be taking the confessions together. You don't have to unmute your mind. Just repeat after me wherever you are. It's on the screen. By the Spirit and through the Word, I know and walk in God's perfect will at all times. The Father's heart, thoughts, plans, will, purposes, and the mysteries of the kingdom are unveiled to my spirit continually. Amen. There is an unveiling of his deep truth to my spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this wonderful opportunity. Right now, I would like to call on Brodozier to take us through the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a very beautiful day ahead. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Mr. Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Everyone, depending on the part of the world you're connecting from. Welcome to today's Inspired by the World Time of Devotion. Thank you so much, Mr. Maka, for this amazing platform. Congratulations to everyone who has been consistent with the one-year Bible reading plan. Today, we're reading the book of Acts, chapter 11, and from verse 19. It says... Those who had been scattered by the persecution, triggered by Stephen's death, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. But they were still only speaking and dealing with their fellow Jews. Then some of the men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who had come to Antioch, started talking to Greeks, giving them the message of the Master Jesus. God was pleased with what they were doing and put his stamp of approval on it quite a number of the Greeks believed and turned to the master. Amen. When the church in Jerusalem got wind of this, they sent Barnabas to Antioch to check on things. As soon as he arrived, he saw that God was behind and in it all. He threw himself in with them, got behind them, urging them to stay with it the rest of their lives. He was a good man that way enthusiastic and confident in the Holy Spirit's way. The community grew large and strong in the master. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. Praise God. Am I still on? Okay. Yes, Barnabas went to, okay. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. He found him and brought him back to Antioch. They were there a whole year meeting with the church and teaching a lot of people. It was in Antioch that the disciples were for the first time called Christians. It was about the same time that some prophets came to Antioch from Jerusalem. One of them named Agabus stood up one day and prompted by the spirits, warned that a severe famine was about to devastate the country. The famine eventually came during the rule of Cladus. So the disciples decided that each of them would send whatever they could to their fellow Christians in Judea to help out. They sent Barnabas and Saul to deliver the collection to the leaders in Jerusalem. And this is just the story of how the ministry of Saul began. And it's, it's also showing us the place of the prophets as he gives words of prophecy. Thank God for our man of God, Pastor Chris that his words of prophecies are words that guide us and direct us in these times and these seasons. So as we go out today, we go out living in the, in the will of God and doing all that God has called us to do. Thank you so much. Have a blessed and purposeful day. I'll hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the one-year Bible reading Old Testament plan. God bless you. Praise God. Brother John, are you there, sir? Okay, brothers, maybe you should just continue. We're reading Nehemiah 1, 2, 3, 1, chapter 1, 2, chapter 3. Okay, praise God. All right, so I'll share my screen again. Nehemiah chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. Nehemiah chapter 1, 2, and 3. Praise God. So the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, it was the month of Kilsville in the 20th year. At the time, I was in the palace complex at Susa. Hanani, one of the brothers, just arrived from Judah with some fellow Jews. I asked them about the conditions among the Jews there who had survived the exile and about Jerusalem. They told me the exile survivors who are left here in the province are in bad shape. Conditions are appalling. 
the walls of Jerusalem is still rubble. The city gates are still cedar. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. I mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heavens. I said, God, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, loyal to his covenant and faithful to those who love him and obey his commands. Look at me, listen to me. Pay attention to this prayer of your servants that I'm praying day and night in intercession for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel. And I am included myself, I and my ancestors, among those who have sinned against you. We've treated you like dirt. We haven't done what you told us, haven't followed your commands, and haven't respected the decisions you gave to Moses, your servant. All the time, remember the warnings you posted to your servant Moses. If you betray me, I will scatter you to the four winds. But if you come back to me and do what I tell you, I will gather up all these scattered peoples from wherever they ended up and put them back in the place I chose to mark with my name. Well, there they are, your servants, your people, whom you so powerfully and impressively redeemed. Oh, master, listen to me. Listen to your servant's prayer. And yes, to all your servants who delight in honoring you and make me successful today so that I, I get what I want from the king. I was a cupbearer to the king. Chapter two. It was the month of Nisan in the 20th year of Atarexus, the king. At the hour for serving wine, I brought it in and gave it to the king. I had never been hanged dog in his presence before. So he asked me, why the long face? You are not sick, are you? Or are you depressed? That made me all the more agitated. I said, long live the king. And why shouldn't I be depressed when the city, the city where all my family is buried is in ruins and the city gates have been reduced to cedars? The king then asked me, so what do you want? Praying under my breath to the God of heaven, I said, if it pleases the king and if the king thinks well of me, send me to Judah, to the city where my family is buried so that I can rebuild it. The king with the queen sitting along him, alongside him said, how long will your work take and where will you, and when would you expect to return? I gave him a time and the king gave his approval to send me, praise God. Then I said, if it pleases the king, provide me with letters to the governors across the Euphrates that authorize my travel through to Judea, and also an order to Asfar, keeper of the king's forest, to supply me with timber for the beams of the temple forest, the wall of the city, and the house where I will be living. And this is how we place demands on people that are in places of authority, and they'll give us all our demands. Amen. The generous hand of my God was with me in this, and the king gave them to me. When I met the governors across the rivers, the Euphrates, I showed them the king's letter. The king even sent along a cavalry escort. When, when San, Sanbalt, the Horn, Hornites, and Tobia, the Ammonite official had about this, they were very upset, angry that anyone would come to look after the interests of the people of Israel. The caption, come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem. So I arrived in Jerusalem. After I had been there three days, I got up in the middle of the night, I and a few men who were with me. I hadn't told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. The only animal with us was the one I was riding. Under cover of night, I went past the valley gates towards the dragon's fountain to the dawn gates, looking over the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken through and whose gates had been burned up. I then crossed to the fountain gates and headed for the king's pool. 
but there wasn't enough room for the donkey I was riding to get through. So I went up the valley in the dark, continuing my inspection of the wall. I came back in through the valley gates. The local officials had no idea where I'd gone or what I was doing. I hadn't breathed a word to the Jews, priests, nobles, local officials, or anyone else who would be working on the job. Then I gave them my reports. Face it, we are in a bad way here. Jerusalem is a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live with this disgrace any longer. I told them how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. They said, we are with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves, ready for the work, for the good work. When Sanabal, the Hornite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Gishem, the Arab, heard about it, they laughed at us, mocking. Ha! What do you think you are doing? Do you think you can cross the king? I shot back. The God of heaven will make sure we succeed. We are his servants and we are going to walk, rebuilding. You can keep your nose out of it. You get no say in this. Jerusalem's none of your business. Praise God. And chapter three. Verse one. The high priest, Eliashib, and his fellow priests were up and at it. They went to walk on the ship gate. They repaired it and hung its doors, continuing on as far as the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of the Hanel. Hananel. The men of Jericho walked alongside them, and next to them, Zokra, son of Imri. The fish gate was built by the Hassanaya's brothers. They repaired it, hung its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Meremoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakkoz, walked next to him. Meshulam, son of Berakai, the son of Meshazabel. Next to him, Zodak, son of Banana. <laughs> and next to him, the Tekoites, except for their nobles who wouldn't walk with their master and refused to get their hands dirty with such work. The Jeshanaha gate was rebuilt by Joadia, son of Pasha, and Meshulama, son of Beshodia. They repaired it, hung its doors, and installed its boats, bolts and bars. Melatia, the Gibonite, Jadnuan, the Meronite, and the men of Gibeon, and Mizpah, which was under the rule of the governor, from across the Euphrates, walked alongside them. Uzel, son of Haranaha, of the goldsmiths, Guild, walked next to him. And next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers. They rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem as far as the broad walls. The next section was walked on by Repaha, son of Hor mayor of the half district of Jerusalem. Next to him, Jediah, son of Harmopa, rebuilt the front of his house. Hatush, son of Hashabeniah, walked next to him. Malkija, son of Harim, Har Harmia, and Hashob, son of Pahatomob, rebuilt another section that included the Tower of Furnaces. Walking next to him was Shalom, son of Halosher, mayor of the other half district of Jerusalem, along with his daughters, the women went to walk to. The valley gate was rebuilt by Hanon and the villagers of Zarna. They repaired it, hung its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. They went on to repair 1,500 feet of the wall as far as the Dawn Gate. The Dawn Gate itself was rebuilt by Malkajah, son of Rechab, 
the mayor of the district of Beth Hakariam. He repaired it, hung its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. The fountain gate was rebuilt by Shalom, son of Kol Hosea, mayor of the Zippa district. He repaired it, roofed it, hung its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. He also rebuilt the wall of the pool of Siloam at the king's garden, as far as the steps that go down from the city of David. After him came Nehemiah, son of Asbok, mayor of half the district of Beth-Zor. He walked from just in front of the tomb of David, as far as the pool and the house of heroes. Levites under Rehom, son of Bani, were next in line. Alongside them, Hashabiha, mayor of half the district of Kilia, represented his district in the, the rebuilding. Next to him, their brothers continued the rebuilding under Binyoy, son of Hen Adad, mayor of the other half district of Kilia. Verse 19. The section from in front of the ascent to the armory as far as the angle was rebuilt by Ezra, son of Joshua, Joshua, the mayor of Mizpah. From the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest was done by Brusha, son of Zabai, Meramoth, son of Uri, the son of Hakuz, took it from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of Eliashib's house. Priests from the neighborhood went on from there. Benjamin and Hashob walked on the wall in front of their house. And Azariah, son of Maasiah, the son of Ananiah, did the work alongside his house. The section from the house of Azariah to the angle at the corner was rebuilt by Binua, son of Henanda. Palal, son of Uzziah, walked opposite the angle and the tower that projected from the upper palace of the king near the court of the guard next to him. Near the court of the guard. Next to him, Padiah, son of Parosh, and the temple support staff who lived on the hill of Ophel, walked up to the point opposite the water gate, eastward, and projecting and the projecting tower. The men of Tekoa did the section from the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, the priest walked. I'm sure we're beginning to see a picture of the, the wall of Jerusalem. Above the horse gate, the priest walked, each priest repairing the wall in front of his own house. After them, Zadok, son of Ima, rebuilt in front of his house, and after him, Shemaha, son of Shekaniah, the keeper of the east gate. Then Hananiah, son of Shema, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zelpha. Then Meshulam, son of Bereka, rebuilt the wall in front of his storage shed. Malkija, the goldsmith, repaired the wall as far as the house of the temple, support staff and merchants, up to the inspection gates and the upper room at the corner. The goldsmiths and the merchants made the repairs between the upper room at the corner and the sheep gates. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts. And may God put us in charge of projects like this. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll hand over to Brother Martins. Who will take us through the affirmation and the remaining part of the meeting. God bless you all. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you so much for that, Josie, for that interesting read. Firstly, I would say a very big thank you to the Estinda Marak for this great opportunity. Thank you so much, Ma. Okay, we are going straight to the affirmation segment of today's meeting. I'll share my screen. Okay. We'll start our formation by taking our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. 
The next paragraph, I, your name, am granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The top paragraph, your name face my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. At this point, I will kindly ask you to unmute your mics as we take our formation and count of three. Please unmute your mics. One, mm-hmm. two, three. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Okay, at this point, we're heading to the communion segment of the meeting. And our text is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Praise the Lord. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Please do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the body of Christ that was broken for us. We declare that we will never be broken in this life. He bled and died that we might live. His body broken. And we are free. His blood was shed for our righteousness. And now we walk in victory. And as we step forth today, it is victory all the way by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. Hallelujah. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he has saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ was pierced so that we might not be pierced. He was beaten. All of this he did for us. That the judgment of sin will not be on us, but that we will be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we affirm, even this day, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are who God says we are. We have what he says we have. We can do what he says we can do. And yes, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. As we go forth this day, We are strengthened with mind by your spirits. Divine abilities are better than our spirits. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is seen in us, ministering for us and with us by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Thank you, Lord God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the call. Ligrados asto granakira hakum beligros o shalamandi. Rug de kaka, silent de gugi, bantekis gija, paradila grown, seisho fraklon de kruski. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Once again, I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for this opportunity. At this point, I'll be handing over to Sister Joy to go through her part of the meeting. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Brother Martins. Um, once again, well, welcome to today's devotional. And in case you didn't join us yesterday, we introduced something new. So we now have the birthday segment. So if today is your birthday, please kindly signify by raising up your hand. And if probably your birthday fell between um, January and June, and we're not around yesterday when the esteemed sister Maka prayed for the celebrants, you can also raise up your hands. Please let's do that quickly. Anybody or wedding anniversary? Oh, okay, Sister Sally. All right, I, I like to believe you're not around yesterday. Um, okay, okay, Sister Manuela, okay, Sister Chineye, Bro Benjamin, um, Bro Aldo. I, I hope I got that correctly. Um, so I'd like to believe that these are the people that were not around yesterday, but their birthdays fell between January and June. Praise God. Okay. Righteousness. Any other person? Happy birthday to you. We love you so much and we are so blessed to have you as a part of our family. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, in case there are more hands, you can kindly just raise up your hand so that you can be prayed for. Right now, I'd like to call the esteemed Sister Maka to come pray for our celebrants. Thank, thank you, you so much, Arthur. Heavenly Father, we thank you for glory that is seen through our lives. Thank you for your presence that dwells with us. Thank you for your children whose birthdays we celebrate today. Even today, we read about being in the center of your perfect will. We pray for them that it that be their testimony and your testimony of them that they live that they function in the center of your perfect will for them. One of them will miss their ways and all of them will fulfill their purpose without reproach. Yes, at the rapture of the church, when they will look back, when you would go through their reports, it will be said that they fulfilled their purpose and it will be said that they did everything that you had done for them to do. Thank you, Father. We give you praise because the next one year for them is filled with glory, with grace, and the hours of grace. Acceptability on your side. Is there any one of them who is facing any trying time? We speak calm, we speak peace, and we speak prosperity into that situation. Any one of them who has a challenge with their health, we speak the life of God into that path of their body, and it is vitalized by the spirit that lives in them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Above and beyond their expectations, you are doing for them to and all their days we give you praise in jesus precious name amen 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 happy birthday every one of you and thank you so much for joining us to fellowship you know on a daily basis and the lord's will is perfected in you god bless you and bless your home thank you so much everyone for joining today's devotional Thank you who you all are and all that you do for the Lord. You know, we read today in the Old Testament how that, you know, Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the temple of God, but there was so much to do. But he was able to inspire different people. And this person took up this area and this other person took up another area. And together they were able to do all the work. 
it goes to say that your contribution for the gospel is important. That which you do in your local church, it is so important in the whole temple that we are building. Remember, the church of Jesus Christ is the body of Christ. So every day we are building a house, we're building that your contribution is one block. My contribution is one block. And then the house is getting higher and higher and higher. That's what's happening in the body of Christ. So do not hold back that which you can do. Don't say somebody else can do it. No, the block that you add is important. Thank you, everyone. At this moment, I'll call on us to unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And surely, God's goodness is merciful all the days of our lives, as we live in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Mark.